Hey friends, this is DGS on DHP, and we have four special guests today on the show. We have Ben Spector, Josh Conwell. We have Nate Miguel and Tanner Callison, our 2022 pastoral resident class. And these guys are going to share with you some takeaways from the residency so far. It's just October 28th. You still have a lot of time to get to know these guys, share your experience of the church. That will help them as they think about their ministry going forward, as well as just being enfolded into the life of the body here. So hope you're, you've already gotten to know these guys and their families. Uh, we're really thankful that the Lord provided for them to come. We've enjoyed getting to know them. We hope you have too. And if you don't know these guys, pursue them, look them up in the church directory and reach out to them, have them over for dinner. I think you will enjoy getting to know them, and it'll be helpful for you to hear from them as people who hang around the church leadership. They follow us around like puppies everywhere we go, and uh, you can hear what we're really like uh, behind the scenes. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Enjoy. All right, let's get started. 2022 Henson residents, welcome to the Disciple Henson podcast. Why don't you go around real quick and introduce yourselves so that we can know which voice belongs to who. So on my left, Ben Spector, Josh Conwell, Nate Miguel, Tanner Callison. All right, now go around and share your most embarrassing uh, memory. <laughs> most embarrassing memory uh, would have to be whenever I was a senior in high school um, a girl and I didn't know if we were dating or not, and a pastor, youth pastor, called us out in front of a group of 200 people for us to have a DTR. That's pretty embarrassing, I think. That's pretty embarrassing. We'll just stop right there with Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's talk about what your expectation, or let's first talk about what made you want to do the residency. So why are you doing the Henson residency? Uh, ben, can we start with you? Yeah. So I was pastoring for uh, a number of years overseas in Croatia, and coming off of that time, I was pretty confused about what the church was and what we were, what pastoral ministry should look like. And so the opportunity to do the residency here at Henson was really to define and grow in my convictions on ecclesiology and on pastoral ministry, philosophy of ministry. Great. Josh? Yeah, I was finishing up at Southern, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, with an MDiv in Biblical Counseling. I felt the desire um, to go into pastoring, to be Associate Pastor of Counseling, and I also realized that I wanted to know a deeper understanding of ecclesiology and the church and ministry, so I was looking for a residency and ended up here. Great. Nate? Yeah, I've been reading a lot of Nine Marks stuff for the past six years, but have never seen a Nine Marks church um, exist in the wild. Um, so when I heard that the residency was br pretty much you spending four and a half months at a healthy church, categorically healthy church, that intrigued me and really wanted to see um, if any of those things can be translated into an Asian American context. Great. Last but not least. Yep. So for me, I've been a member at Henson for about a year and a half before the pastoral residency, and my wife and I have just loved being here. Uh, we're in ministry, working for a ministry called The Traveling Team. We do mission mobilization with college students. And really, one of the desires coming into the residency was to see uh, good ecclesiology come to bear on thinking about missions and theology and college student ministry. And that's why I wanted to do it. Great. And so you guys are over halfway through now. Is that correct? It is. Okay. Yep. So how has it been so far? How is it different from what you guys expected? Uh, what is maybe something that's been encouraging? Anything you want to say in terms of you're halfway through? How's it going? 
anybody can jump in. It's been awesome. <laughs> okay, next it's question. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me, um, I knew that I was going to be studying a lot of ecclesiology. I just didn't know which areas I would grow in. Uh, and so I've been thoroughly... Uh, which area have you grown in? Church polity. Church polity. Okay, that's a good start. <laughs> Define church polity. Someone. It's how a church is organized and structured, which is how we talk about here at Henson would be things like membership and elders and leaders and pastors and how it structures and then how it functions in the life of all of the members. Okay. Great. Any other takeaways uh, thus far? Ways that... Uh, it's been different from your expectations? I would say that it's very close to the expectations I had. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, maybe um, a lot more reading <laughs> than expected. Uh, definitely a lot of books. How many books will you have read, God willing, by the time that you're finished? How many books do we assign to you guys? Is it 52? Something like that. 52 in four and a half months. There's something like that on the shelf. We read a good chunk of all of them and then portions of some of them. So I would say we, it's fair to say we engage with 52 books. Yeah. What, what is the particular background that each of you are coming to the residency with or kind of, and or goal that you're hoping that this residency will serve? Um, Ben already mentioned that he was pastoring in Croatia. So, uh, often Ben's papers are thinking about this in a, in a missions context. Do you guys want to just share kind of what you kind of what you bring to the table in terms of your background or how you're kind of filtering through all this polity, all this church ecclesiology stuff? So I'll start again, I guess. I'm <laughs> the first in line. Uh, so in addition to processing things in a missions context, it's also just processing my own uh, mistakes and questions that I had while I was involved in vocational pastoral ministry. Um, and then thinking about, as I will, Lord willing, be uh, moving to Puyallup, Washington to work with Stephen Brucker um, as an associate pastor at the end of the residency, thinking through uh, how I'm going to be pastoring when I do that. So it's processing the past in order to refine um, for the future. Good. I think a motivation for coming in was I wanted to know what the purpose of the church was. Um, I think I had ideas of that uh, for my former church. How long had you been going to church? Uh, since I was in the, my mother's womb. Okay. <laughs> so from from that time until now, you were like, "What's the ch- what, what's the church for?" Well, I really didn't care until about a couple years ago. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't a very good. I, w- I mean, I wasn't a Christian until about six or seven years ago. So uh, it was by name only, and um, and so I think as I became more serious about ministry and going and looking to be a pastor, I realized I needed to find these answers um, as to why do we, uh, why is there a church? Why did God create a church? Why, why do we have pastors and members and all the things that he has designed for us to, to know from his word? Uh, I thought were really important, um, but I wanted to yeah, find those answers. Are you beginning to answer that question, do you feel like, through the residency? Has it been helpful in answering that question? Not at all. No, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> no, it has. It, I, I mean, I'm growing. I'm, I'm a slow learner, but definitely has been very helpful. Great. Yeah, so for me, I've spent a lot of time in ministry, both in 
in the Philippines and here in the States with more of a Filipino-American context and realizing now, even through the uh, residency, that apparently there's a name for the kind of camp that we were in this whole time. So I'm what's the name? I'm coming out of the disciple making movement. Um, that's the that's kind of like the pool that we were swimming in. Didn't know there was a name for it. We just thought like, oh, this is what church is. What is the disciple making movement? The disciple making movement is basically condensing or kind of like this essentialist view of the Great Commission, where you you're essentially just like you're focused on multiplication at almost at any cost. And that's a very reductionist view of it. But in some ways, the disciple making movement has also reductionalized the Great Commission. So um, that's kind of where I'm coming from. So I come from a church where um, the main location has over 50,000 attendees every Sunday. So clearly something air quotes works. That's like a football game. Uh, it is. Yeah, it pretty, pretty much is. Um, we have a food court that you can go to um, wow. to grab food afterwards. So it's a Wow. It's a whole deal. Um, so were you kind of disappointed that Henson didn't have that? Uh, well, um, prior to coming to Henson, I was, I've already started reading some of the Nightmark stuff. And so that was that was paradigm shifting for me. So I was thinking more in terms of, well, these are all great. And I could see how this comes from scripture. But how much of this can we actually translate into an Asian American, a Filipino American context, or even a Filipino context? Um, me and my wife are right now dreaming of maybe one day going back to the Philippines and possibly doing ministry over there. So um, those are kind of the categories we're thinking through as we read the books and write the papers currently. That's great. Tanner. And to clarify, I believe that Henson does have a food court. It is called Asylum Food Trucks. <laughs> they serve us week in and week out. It's pretty amazing. What's the best one there? <clears throat> What's your Korean twist, I think, is mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. most sane people would agree on. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I'm bringing into the residency is coming from a parachurch college ministry type world where we work with parachurch ministries and see how they just really particularly try to reach college students and how the church becomes reduced to almost nothing often in these ministries, not on purpose, but just because college is a very weird time in life. And so if they're going to go to one thing, it might be the, the Tuesday night meeting or Wednesday night meeting, and that's more or less church for them. And so trying to come from that world and understand, well, what is different about the church as compared to a parachurch and why is it essential for uh, both college students, but then also as I think about the missions context, why is it essential for missions and planting churches and being people being sent from churches? So that's some of the background coming into the residency. That's great. Let's uh, go through some of these categories I mentioned earlier, and you don't have to each answer for every bucket that we're going to walk through. But uh, I'm curious, just any any takeaways, any epiphanies that you've had uh, regarding some of these, uh, some of the study and conversation. Uh, just a, a reminder for the church, one of the things these guys do is they write, they, they read a section of a book or a whole book every day, and then they write a reflection paper. And then Wednesday morning, normally, there's a, a resident discussion where one of the pastors will lead you in a two, usually three-hour discussion over your papers that the, the pastor reads and makes comments on. And we just have a discussion on what you're learning. So a few weeks ago, um, we talked about preaching. And it was nice that I think following that discussion, you guys walked through the Simeon Trust workshop that we hosted here at Henson. Mm -hmm. Just any takeaways on, on preaching, um, based, particularly based on what you were used to before in terms of the kind of preaching you were used to hearing and the ways you were thinking about preaching. Maybe mention if you... Ha 
have been a regular preacher prior to the residency. Um, does that make sense? Takeaways from preaching is the main question. <laughs> so I, I, for a number of years, had been the main and regular preacher, um, especially when we were overseas in Croatia. Were you uh, preaching in English? I was preaching in Croatian. So I've preached more in Croatian than I have in English. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you are not Croatian. I'm not Croatian. Okay. No. Yes. Duh. Um, so I think, I think one of the big takeaways is, um, is that preaching is actually tied to your theology of God's word. And so what we believe about God's word, if, if we believe that God's word is, um, that which creates and brings life and that it is efficacious, meaning it is going to accomplish what God sends it forth to do, then that will naturally lead into how we preach. Um, so are we going to preach using that time as a platform for our own thoughts and motivations and opinions or what we think the church needs to hear or what we think the culture needs to hear? Or if we believe that it's God's word that brings life and renewal and uh, new life and will regenerate people, and at the end of the day, help the church cause, be a catalyst for the church to grow. If we believe that about God's word, then that should speak to what we're preaching and how we're preaching, which is where uh, the idea of expositional preaching comes in, where we make the emphasis of the text, of the biblical text, the emphasis of our sermon. Is that what you were trying to do when you were preaching in Croatia? It was. Um, so but, why, did, why did you come here? You got it all figured out, <laughs> yeah, and you've taken yeah. it to the next level doing it in yeah, another language. That's what I've been asking myself this whole time. Why am I here? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, I think that as, as we've done our reading in the residency, and then especially, this is my third time at Simeon Trust, uh, I'm, I'm just getting more and more clarity on mistakes that I've made in preaching, um, why my emphasis should be what it is. So not just doing it because it's what I've seen, but but understanding the background or the foundation as to why I should preach expositionally, um, why I should make, why, why I should highlight God's word instead of my own thoughts or opinions. Does Great. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just hear from maybe one or two more guys on preaching, any takeaways? Yeah, I, I mean, to, I definitely co-sign a lot of what Ben has already said. Um, on a practical standpoint, I think one of the really big things was sitting on service review or sermon review. Um, that was something that really struck me going to Henson was there's just so much opportunity to kind of bounce your sermon with other people around you, whether before you preach it or even after you preach it. And I think like just that um, amount of or channels for feedback has been really helpful. Again, paradigm shifting for me. Uh, versus like, you know, sealing yourself off in your study and just like going through the text and coming up with applications, like the whole communal aspect of it was um, really game changing for me. Great. And Nate, had you preached prior to coming to the residency? You just preached for us this last Sunday evening. Thank yes. you for yes, preaching. Did. So was that like you preach like dozens of times? So that was old hat for you? Uh, well, I've preached in different capacities for the past couple of years. I would say from 2013 to around 2016, I was preaching maybe three times a month uh, to the wow. youth. Uh, so that's mostly what I've been doing. And then after that, I maybe just preached like a handful of times at my previous church I was coming from. Um, so it's not 
anything necessarily new, but the approach and maybe like the intensity of it. Um, coming here to Hinson and coming off of Simeon Trust, so shameless plug for Simeon Trust um, on this podcast, um, it, it just raised the bar, Great. and um, and I think it's a good thing. Great. Unless you guys have something on preaching, we're going to move to body life. So thinking about membership, discipline, the community of the church. Um, Josh believes, based on his last paper, that as a church, we should be working out together, lifting weights. <laughs> as a church, when we gather, maybe having dumbbells under the pews, we should have this holistic ministry. Josh, you want to elaborate on that? You're very passionate about um, like CrossFit, working out. Oh, yeah. You can definitely tell by how I look that I'm really passionate about CrossFit. Um, Any takeaways, Josh, on just membership and discipline? You were in a like-minded church prior to Henson. You were a member at Third Avenue. Uh, with uh, Greg Gilbert Gregory is the there. He's been on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how he got his name out there. <laughs> uh, so, any just what are what have been some takeaways about membership and discipline here through the residency? Yeah, I think coming from Third Avenue, I knew why we were members. I think going, I had no idea really joining third, what I was kind of moving into. I just thought it was a church that I would join um, and that they really cared about membership. And I was like, super. Uh, and I think one reason with the ecclesiology of third of like one service, I assumed it was just because people just wanted to see each other a lot more. <laughs> and I was like, sweet, so do I. Um, and then coming here, just really understanding the the intentionality of why god designed membership how we are to be a part of the body how we become a church through the working of the keys of the kingdom of matthew 16 and 18 and connecting that with matthew 28 of making disciples and how we hold each other accountable and i i think through third and here at henson that's just been a wonderful thing to see the beauty of believers walking side by side with each other they're caring for each other they uh, are covenanted together to through thick and thin through good and bad to to love the body and uh that has meant a lot especially as a single person going into a church that has been very life-giving great any other takeaways tanner yeah i just think one of the biggest takeaways from membership and church discipline is the fact that it's in scripture i think it's easy for that to be like oh that's something that that church over there cares about a lot but like i don't see any bible verses for it pop quiz where is it in the bible then i don't see uh, church membership in the bible or discipline it's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. The most clear texts that are often pointed to would be Matthew 16, Matthew 18, and then adjacent to that is Matthew 28. But in Matthew 16, you see Peter affirming that Christ is the Messiah. And then Jesus turns around to him and says, I'm going to grant you the keys to the kingdom. And with those keys, you can bind and loose people. Um, in heaven and on earth. Do you prefer to bind or loose? I have no idea. <laughs> Apparently that's not the point. So <clears throat> it's the authority. So he gives right. authority to Peter. And then in Matthew 18, we see Jesus then turn and give that authority to all of his disciples. Matthew 28, we see it, him again, repeat that authority being spread to all Christians. And this authority is that of, and we see in Matthew 18, church discipline, really. So that the ability to put people out who claim to be Christians, but aren't, which is church discipline. And you have to have some type of membership even for you to, what what do you put them out of if they're not a part of something? And and so there's a lot more there, but I've been pretty convinced that 
congregationalism and membership are, are found in scripture. Great. Last call for takeaways in general. So we're moving outside of body life membership discipline to just any takeaway from the residency, anything that has particularly struck you so far. So I think just this is Ben. This is Ben. Uh, on on a general note, I think that it's uh, so two things. One, the church is really important, <laughs> and two, the Bible has a lot more to say about the church than we think it does. Mm. I think if if I would summarize the residency in two sentences, that would be that would be it. Great. Anybody else takeaways? I think one was just the importance of the members to the church. I think. A lot of people come into a church thinking that responsibility all falls on the leaders of the church to do ministry, to care for each other. And I think coming into this residency, I was just impressed with how much responsibility the Lord gives each of his members uh, to guide the church, to uh, care for the church, uh, to speak um, and have an opinion that all members, God designed it, would have uh, some say in, in, in the church body. And I think that for me has been really encouraging. Great. Nate? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ideas that I can foresee there's going to be a lot of pushback on is our take on membership and discipline. Um, how we actually think that no, not only is it biblical, but it's actually a good and loving thing to do. Where are you going to get that pushback from Henson congregants, from your wife and uh, child? <laughs> Where, where's that pushback coming from, do you think? I think just, just broad evangelicalism and just like from personal experience and, and kind of the church circles that I'm running, I was running in. Um, just because of this idea where, well, we want to be as accommodating, as hospitable and inclusive as possible and not realizing that we're defining what what God's love is based on our definition, not based on God's definition. And so we're kind of reading through this excellent work by Jonathan Lehman called The Surprising Offense of God's Love. Um, and that's kind of just like opened up this category for me that, um, yeah, like, actually being careful, being serious about your church membership process and even church discipline um, isn't you trying to be mean unnecessarily, but you're guarding something that's valuable. Like you're guarding the gospel. Like as much as we love people, uh, there's no question about that. But we love people the best by guarding the gospel, the true gospel and holding it up for them to see clearly. Great. Tanner? My takeaway is the power of the word. My favorite quote that we read in the first, actually before the residency even started, it was in the pre-assigned summer reading is by Martin Luther reflecting on the Reformation. He said, I simply taught, preached, wrote God's word. Otherwise I did nothing. And then while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my Philip and my Amsdorf, the word so greatly weakened the papacy that never a prince or emperor did such to damage it. I did nothing. The word did it all. And that has been the greatest takeaway is the fact that it is God's word that regulates everything that we do and we look first there and that's how we get to our convictions on the gospel and ecclesiology and everything but it all starts with the word amen let's do lightning round questions so most impactful or book from the residency that you would recommend to the henson congregation so you could either do most impactful book for you or the book that you would recommend to the congregation so far so you've re read like maybe two dozen books or something by now uh what would you is there one i didn't prepare you for this so if you've got one shout it out josh i would say no place for truth 
by David Wells okay. was the most impactful book for me for this you. entire week. Would you it, recommend it, it the, to others? Yes. It was the densest book. I wouldn't recommend it to listen to it. Uh, but I think just to chew on that, um, I think he was just kind of prophetic in his view of the church. And he wrote it in the 90s, and 30 years later, all these things are happening. Still and, has a lot of application. Yeah, has lots of application. Great. Anybody else? Tanner's r- reviewing the books that he's read. It's like, I know I've read some books. Nate, you ready? Yeah, I have two. Okay. Both by Jonathan Lima, so that makes it easy. Um, one is Don't Fire Your Church Members, and the other one is One Assembly. So yeah. One Assembly and Don't Fire Your Church Members. Yeah, absolutely. From, Na- from Nate Miguel. Uh, ben and Tanner, you guys ready? Here comes Ben. Yep. So I think Trails in the Vine, if you're thinking through church structures and also what pastoral ministry should look like, uh, on a personal note, um, when People Are Big and God is Small by Ed Welch mm-hmm. was paradigm shifting for me personally, just in thinking through uh, some of the issues in my own life and heart. It's it's a book on the fear of man. So, yeah. I have seven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> should have nine if you're going to. I'll go one, I guess. I think Evangelicalism Divided by Ian Murray mm-hmm. basically recounts the history of evangelicalism over the last 70 or so years. And that helped put a lot of things in perspective in our Christian world today. Yeah. So if you, out of all those, if you enjoy reading kind of more of a story or history, maybe that would be yeah. one to, to pick up to kind of understand why we are where we are today. Um, all right. Let's um, consider what, or let's, why don't you guys share what's next for you? Um, I mean, we're still in October, so you still got a good chunk of the residency left. Um, and, uh, oh, and I, th- I thought of another question I'm going to ask, so this is not the best order, but what's next for you and how we can pray for you. Um, and then I'll come back around with a couple more questions. So just briefly, what's next? How can we, one way we can pray? So this has been, uh, Lord willing, I'll be an associate pastor with Stephen Brucker up in Puyallup, Washington at a church called the Chapel Church. I'm candidating on November 6th. Um, so you can pray for uh, my family as we are, Lord willing, transitioning back to that area. Pray for us, um, for the Lord's provision, and uh, for just that we would continue to grow as parents, uh, specifically that I would just have wisdom coming off of the residency to apply the things that I've learned and gained well uh, for the benefit of the church there. Great. And this is Josh. Uh, the hope is to stick around, Henson, after I finish, stay here in Portland. And the the vision that slowly is coming together is what does it look like to do ministry here with an emphasis in counseling, biblical counseling, engaging with the local churches. So praying just for, for wisdom of what this looks like. It's kind of a new idea for me that I'm working through. Uh, there's a lot of need in Portland uh, in the churches to be helped and counseled and equipped. And so I think the Lord's given me a burden for that and just need guidance and wisdom to how to yeah, bring that together. Great. So that'll be private practice or just making connections, maybe doing a number like counseling on Zoom with people who aren't even in Portland. Well, I'm doing counseling online right Already. now. Already, yes. Yep. But this is kind of a new, a separate thing okay. that I'm thinking through or praying about. What does it look like to do counseling in Portland? And what does it look like to equip the local churches to counsel and care for their flock? Great. Yeah, so more immediately, uh, my wife and I are, Lord willing, planning to go back to the land of exorbitant rent fees and um, <laughs> just higher cost of living, which is Southern California. 
Um, our plan is to join up with a very similar like-minded church down there uh, called Bethany Baptist Church uh, with lead pastor PJ Tobian, predominantly Asian American church. So a lot of this um, kind of like helping me think through the categories again. Um, and then more immediately, um, possibly going to look for just whatever job down there. <laughs> no ministry role necessarily, just looking to be faithful, good faithful members down there. Um, so yeah, you could pray for that, pray for employment opportunities, for place to live. Um, and that's pretty much it. Great. Tanner. I will continue working for the traveling team uh, along with my wife, Amber, and we will just keep on doing the roles we're doing, which has the largest focus would be on developing our staff who are all in their, their younger 20s on how to do their jobs well, but also one of my roles is to help them think well theologically, and I want to implement some of the things we've learned in the residency to help train our staff, even things like inviting our staff to come to Simeon Trust workshops across the country and things like that. So that's where we'll be returning back to. Not sure where the world will have us in the further future, but that's it. Any ways that we can pray in particular? Yeah, just pray for uh, the transition back this this spring into mm-hmm. work. We just had our first kid nine weeks ago as well. And so a lot has changed with our lives and we'll have some travel coming back in the spring for various staff meetings and some speaking opportunities and things like that. And so that's just totally new territory. We've traveled a ton, but not with the child and not knowing if Amber and Wilder should stay home or if I should go or there's, there's just a whole mixture of things. So we need wisdom on how to best approach that and what to say yes to, what to say no to. Great. So we get to keep two of you, Josh and Tanner, um, Nate and Ben, you guys are planning on transitioning here in a couple months. Certainly we want to be praying that you guys will be able to continue to get the most out of this residency that you would invest and be present here with this congregation. I know just speaking as a church member, we've been so encouraged by you guys and your involvement in the church. Uh, what are some ways maybe that you guys have been encouraged by the Hinson congregation and anything that you want to say to the Hinson congregation? They still have at least a couple months with you guys as, uh, or a little under a couple months with you as Hinson residents. Um, so anything you want to say to the congregation? Our family has just been uh, taken back and appreciative of people's hospitality towards us uh, since we've been here and just attentive to us as residents and people that just moved here. Um, But we also just want to thank you for the opportunity to be here, for paying us to do this, Mm -hmm. for supplying our books for us and for giving us the opportunity to be a part of your lives and to invest in us. Uh, Your investment is, Lord willing, not in vain and will be used to help other churches. So thank you ways that the congregation can continue to get to know you guys over the next month or so for you and Emily and your family? Um, We have three little kids, five, three, and one. So our schedule is a little bit dependent upon their naps and all those things. Um, We would love to get to know you, whether that's through coffee or meals. Uh, We can also take walks. We live on Taylor Street right behind the Henson Church building. So um, you can approach us on a Sunday morning or shoot me a text. My phone number is in the directory. We would love to get to know you more. Great. Josh, anything you want to say to the church? Yeah, I'm very encouraged by the people who've reached out, um, who've had me over for dinner, um, coffee, time together. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed 
the community that I've built in just the, the few months that I've been here, it kind of surprised me how many people I've gotten to know, how many friendships, um, relationships, conversations, care. People are very intentional here that I've just been very thankful for just how I've been doing, transitioning to a new place, a leaving community, um, being here on my own. It's just been they've just, I think, really cared for me well, and I'm very thankful. Great. And if uh, the congregation wants to continue to get to know Josh Conwell better, what are some ways that they can do that? Feed me. Okay. <laughs> Josh eats a lot of food. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, that's oatmeal. one of oatmeal. I mean, I really like my oatmeal. Uh, but yeah, I just the I love conversation and getting to know others in the church. So I think just the intentionality of having me over or you coming over to my house um, or getting coffee or drinks has been um, it's a good way. Great. Nate Miguel, what about for you and Deb? Yeah, I just want to say uh, to the Henson family, you've made this time really, really sweet for us. Um, like just knowing that we're only going to be here for four and a half months, like that was not an obstacle for people to be vulnerable and actually invest um, in relationships. And so we're, we're really just like taken aback by that. Um, really, really appreciate. Um, shout out to uh, Dulcia and Josh and Jim, um, who we've hung out with so many times, even visiting Southern California and all that and grabbing dinner. That was really, really sweet. And just getting to know kind of like um, their history with the church as well. Mm. Um, but really everybody who has invited us to their homes, um, I, I always say like Henson will always have a place in our hearts moving forward and we'll always be looking for an excuse to visit Portland in the coming um, years. Excellent. And if uh, people want to hang out with you, you guys love to explore all the culinary options here in Portland, different food carts and restaurants. So you can, uh, you know, meet up at a restaurant with Miguel's or are there other ways to connect with you guys while you guys are still here? Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Uh <laughs> <laughs> like to subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like we're always down to grab good food or um, coffee. Um, I've also appreciated the number of people who have finally connected with us on a deep spiritual level concerning anime. So that was a really good connecting point for me and my wife. So yeah, Great. continue to do so. Last but not least, Tanner. What was the question? Uh, what do you want to say to the church? Oh, and yes. how, how can they connect with you other than uh, babysitting? Uh, Henson Baptist church, I'm in this residency because of you guys. We've been at Henson for almost two years now, and it has been amazing. We moved here in the middle of the pandemic and joined this church because of the hospitality, even when there was only like 30 people in the auditorium and masks on, and mm. that didn't keep people from interacting with us and inviting us over. And so keep doing that. Uh, that's one of the reasons that we joined this, joined this church, and it's one of the reasons that I'm in this residency is because I've been able to see the body live out all of the principles we've talked about in the residency. And it's been so encouraging and we're just thankful for the hospitality and for the love and for the way that we faithfully try to live out the word. Great. And to continue to connect with us moving forward, we'll be here. You're, you live in the neighborhood. We the live in the neighborhood in. of the church yeah. and we love food. So whether that's going out to a restaurant or whatever, uh, you can pursue us together as Tanner, Amber, and Wilder, or uh, individually for coffees or whatever. We're always happy to 
spend time with as many people as possible. So thankful that you guys took time out of your busy reading and writing schedule to have this conversation. So thankful that the Lord and his sovereignty brought you guys here to Henson to do the residency. So hope to continue, just speaking for myself, to get to know you guys over the next little bit, especially since I have been away on sabbatical. It's been good to hang out with you guys. And yeah, you guys have been a real joy and brought a lot of energy to the church office and to the church. So thanks for all that you guys do. And uh, we will see you around.